The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Nick Pupo. Nick is a comedian and actor living in Brooklyn. From a young age, Nick had a best friend who loved making promises about their future together. As Nick grew up, they became different people and drifted further from each other, but one moment brought them back together in a way that changed their dynamic from then on. Hey, Nick. How's it going? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, it's nice to have you in my small little office. Yeah, uh, it's very nice. A lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's it's cluttered. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's in a good way, though. You know, like... Um, I like when stuff's cluttered. I like uh, like an office, especially not like a living space, you know. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. an office is nice when it just has way too much stuff. Yeah, and this is all the stuff that I like can't keep out in the living room area, so it all just gets stuffed into this space. And, yeah, I mean, and, I'm jealous. Yeah. I, I love the idea that you have uh, your own like creative space. It's very cool. Yeah. Lots of books. You know, when you go into somebody's office or or, or I don't know, their room or something, and they have all this stuff, and it's just, you're like, oh, you you learned so much about them right away, you Yeah, know? and I like that. So you've gotten all these takes on me now that you're processing. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> judging you hard, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, thank you so much for being here, and yeah, I know we met in Scotland this summer, and I saw your show, and mm-hmm. it was really, uh, yeah, I thought kind of a the crux of your story, of kind of the relationship revolving around the main part of your show was like a good a good topic for this con- for this show. Yeah, sounds like it based off of what you told yeah. me about the show, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, what did you want to talk about today? Um well, I guess we'll talk about what the show's about. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um which is my friend Charlie. It's not his real name. Okay. Full disclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh but Charlie's a bit of a secretive guy. Okay. Uh and I don't know when that happened, but it kind of did. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, also it's like he's got a family and he just doesn't want. And it's fine that uh, I don't get to use his real name. But, um, yeah, it, it Charlie and I met when we were five in kindergarten. And the way we met were, was uh, we, were, we were in the same class, uh, same kindergarten class, but we didn't we, – we, we weren't buddies. Okay. And in the cafeteria – uh, one day he was burping, but he was fake burping and everybody was buying it. All these kids. And uh, I was the only one apparently who could tell that it was not real. So I walked up to him and I told everybody that he was faking it and I embarrassed him in front of everybody. And then I burped because I really knew how to and I still do. And so does he because I taught him later on in life. <laughs> but uh, when I burped it revealed to everybody that what he was doing wasn't real. Uh, but rather than take that, you know, as like a dig or like, you know, hate me forever, he decided that uh, I would now be his best friend. It was very, very quick. Oh, yeah. So you were like, oh, you were the real deal. And now I want to be a part of your world kind of thing. Like that was yeah. Charlie's take on this is like, yeah, oh, I got to hang out with this guy who who gets it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was like. You know, the the sensei, young, you know, Padawan kind yeah. of thing. I know I made two very different kinds of references there, but 
it's like you know he wanted to learn from me yeah and then i taught him but then we were just best friends and i i don't it's one of those things where this is a very rare kind of thing that happens i think in life uh where you meet somebody super early in life and then you stay friends for for a long long time yeah like a really long time yeah i have i have two friends that um, my two friends from like first grade ish, kindergarten, first grade ish, they are still like two of my close friends today. And yeah. it's kind of that similar thing where like I often think about like, oh, would we be friends if we met now? Like, I think there's right. like, yeah, we just met. And when you're five, you just hang out with somebody and you're like, oh, yeah, we're friends now. Yeah, like, it takes the, nothing. Yeah, the ramp to get into that. Is yeah, like, your whole personality is being shaped, your sense yeah. of humor is being shaped. Like, um, and you're just kind of riding alongside life together in a way, right? So you're yeah. just like experiencing things and you're like, yeah, I want to just hang out with this person. And Yeah. So he loved to make promises. That was a thing oh, okay. with Charlie. Okay. So one of the promises we made early on was that uh, I would be the, the best man at his wedding. So um, that was one thing we said, like when we get married, we're going to be each other's best man. Yeah, that, like a promise you're making to each other at like eight or at something. At like eight years old. Yeah. And uh, so we're friends for, um, you know, throughout all of elementary school and all of middle school. And we just grew closer and closer. Eventually, like he left my elementary school, I think, in like after kindergarten. He went to another oh, school. Okay, so yeah. right away he was out. Yeah. So I went through first grade all the way through, I think, sixth or seventh grade without him being at my school yeah you're still hanging out we're hanging out all the time stuff but yeah, yeah like so outside of school we just hang out all the time um and we do everything together you know um we spend like every weekend at each other's houses we hang out during the week um but the big thing with charlie was that he, he became very protective of me over time and he became very he was very like I don't know. He was he was a, he was a good kid. He he was like a like a guardian angel of me in a way, and he never wanted anything bad to happen to me. And when we were getting into middle school, he knew that drugs were going to become a thing because we were taught by Dare. I was going to say yeah, like a da- I feel like that's the classic. Yeah, once Dare enters the picture, then you know you either buy it or you don't. <laughs> yeah. And I just it didn't really have much of an effect on me. I was scared of certain things. Like I, they scared me about pot. And like I was definitely afraid of drugs, but yeah. it, but the way that it affected Charlie was just so vastly different. It was such like a it was uh, life or death. So he asked me to make this promise with him that we would never do drugs. That was um, we were like twelve years old going into middle school, and so he asked me to make this promise. And throughout our life, I had made our, a bunch of promises with him already, um, and I had broken all of them. So that was like the. Uh, most of the relationship was I, so I was destined to break this one as well. And the, was there a part of you? I mean, I don't know how much you remember this at as a twelve-year-old, but was there a part of you that like made that promise at twelve? And the streak of breaking promises in your life, where there's a part of you in the back in your head that you're like, oh, I don't know at this point, like what this means to make this promise, or like I, yeah, I think I started eventually. I started making promises with him, just like. Got a habit because almost. I yeah because I yeah because I had to and yeah. if I didn't then I was afraid of what he might do which uh, would probably be not 
you know, not be my friend anymore. That's, yeah. That's kind of what I was yeah. worried about is that if I don't make this promise, then he will not be my friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which at 12 is like, that's big stakes again. Like at that yeah. point you've known each other for what, like six, seven years. And yeah. You're like, yeah. Half and he was your life. He was a controlling kid, you know, like he, he loved me and, and I, and I loved him, but it, it was, he was a controlling dude, you know, yeah. the big promise you know that I broke early on. I <laughs> I killed one of his hamsters. <laughs> he 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 had three hamsters that he had bought, or had had um. He had three hamsters that his parents got him for his birthday, and and he asked me not not to play with the hamsters, and uh I don't know why he just didn't trust me around the hamsters. So he said, when I'm not around, don't ever play with the hamsters. And and one day when he wasn't around, I I picked up one of the hamsters um and let it crawl on my jeans and then it bit down on my jeans and when I tried to pull it off it it, it started bleeding and then died immediately oh, and I think what happened was that it it sh- was a shock to the the brain of this yeah little animal and its brain just shut off I don't know how but I what I found out later in life was that hamsters die all the time, all the time. from freak accidents like this uh, and there's like whole like reddit boards about people yeah. who accidentally kill hamsters um yeah, I think my girlfriend had a lot of hamsters growing up, and she said one of her hamsters died because, like, the cat, like, got towards the cage, but didn't even, like, attack. But, yeah, the hamster just kind of died of, like, a heart attack. Yeah, right. Like- <laughs> I think their little hearts can't handle any adrenaline yeah. at all. Um, So, yeah, so I put it back in the cage, and I, I, and then when he came in and, you know, and found it dead, I told him I had no idea what happened, and, uh, and then I, I never told him. Okay. So... You know, flash forward to this. Hey, promise me that we're never gonna do drugs. And I just, I just said, yeah, because yeah. I was used to doing that. And you know, I was a depressed kid. Like I, Charlie was not. He just wasn't. Yeah. And he, he just like he, he, he was always working really hard in school, and he was attractive. Like he was very. I was, I was a chubby kid, and no, I would, you know, nobody. Everybody made fun of me, and it was not a good time in middle school. Yeah, and I guess you're both you're not around each other during the day, right? So it's like no, the no. world, your school worlds are totally separate from totally each other. different. Yeah, but then something I don't talk about in the in the show is I get sent away to another school uh, in the sixth grade. So I'm in the sixth grade at um, a school in Central Florida, and then. I get taken out because my grades are so bad because I have ADD and I couldn't concentrate and I was like a bad student. I was failing. So I got sent to a charter school and I stayed there for like a year and a half. Then I came back to the old school in eighth grade. And when I came back, so did Charlie. So Charlie came. Oh, now. So so now we're back in the same school again. And it hadn't been that way in years. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, when I came back to that school, um, I still wasn't a great student, <laughs> but 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 then I, I started hanging out with an old friend that I used to know in um, the third grade. So I'm, I I meet Reed again, and Reed is like this big pothead. Okay. And he asked me on 420 if I want to smoke pot, <laughs> and I like didn't really know what that was. Yeah, like, I knew what pot was because my brother had smoked it. Okay. Yeah. And, so you have an older brother who's like. Yeah, I have an older brother. In the scene a little bit. Yeah, and he was doing drugs and drinking. Like he was smoking pot and drinking in in the eighth grade. He was two years older than me. So okay. at this point, 
you know, and I remember finding out when he smoked pot, I was so angry and mad. Like, I was so disappointed. Yeah, you almost had like the chart what Charlie's yeah. feeling would have been, but like for your brother. Yeah, like, I was like, wow, like what's going to happen to my brother? Yeah. You know, he's smoking pot. Yeah. You know, he went to Jamaica and bought a pipe, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what is my brother's going down this dark path? Yeah. And so I was scared when Reed wanted, you know, to smoke pot, but we went to his place and I smoked pot and then it, it, it just changed everything. And so right when that happened, it was like immediately I was, you know, I, I don't believe like that pot is an addictive drug, but there are, you know, once you really love something, you want to do it all the time. And so that's what I did is I smoked pot with Reed all the time and it quickly just like we just started doing other drugs, you know, and he had access to these um to other kinds of drugs because he met these other shady kids down the street and 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 it was like within a year two years i was doing all sorts of pills and um and i and then i I smoked crack you know like i was 13 years old wow doing cocaine and smoking crack and i smoked crack one time um but eventually i i started not to i started to um butt heads with Reed and he started to steal from me and he started to become like a really bad Okay. Kid. So like this friendship kind of turned Yeah. He became kind of like a criminal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because he was stealing from cars and he was like slashing people's tires and he was like um stealing from me sometimes and like I couldn't trust him and Yeah. It got dark fast with him. Uh and so I just started to stop hanging out with him. Okay, yeah. So you're just like, yeah, this guy like we had an overlap that was yeah. things working and then like this went too far. Like even Yeah, for- well we were buddies. Like we were buddies from the third grade and, yeah. and I cared about him, you yeah. know. And and we for a long period there while we were smoking pot, it was like really sweet, you know, and we'd we'd hang out a lot and it kinda became like he kinda became you know, Charlie was always a school guy. So like Got he it. became very busy. So it was yeah. easy for me to to not make to not feel guilty for not hanging out with him because he was just busy. Yeah, you it were it wasn't that you were like bailing on Charlie. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, Charlie's busy and Reed's around, so I'll yeah. like hang out with Reed and yeah, yeah, and and so that was it. I mean, he just was my new friend that I hung out with more often than anyone else. Yeah, and uh, so eventually, uh, when I stopped hanging out with uh, Reed, and the way that I did that was I just kind of like we were going from. I think ninth grade to tenth grade into like from we had like a ninth grade center, where oh it was yeah, just like a, ninth grade, a, yeah, like the a, side high school kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went from there into high school, and, and at that point, I I just kind of stopped hanging out with them, yeah. And it was just you know, and I don't I was, at that point, I don't even think he liked me that much. I think he was just kind of using me, and he was going way, and I just stopped doing drugs, like I I just stopped. So it was like, in a way, it was almost like kind of tied to your relationship with Reed. Not that like it was only happening because of Reed, but there was like a little bit of a, they happened at this together. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I, and I remember I started hanging out with um, my friend who, who I named Elliot in the show and, you know, he um, was, I remember he, he hated Reed and he was like, that kid's a, a okay. cr- he's a crackhead, man. Like, why are you hanging out with that dude? And I, I started just I got away from Reed, started hanging out with Elliot, and Elliot was a, a music uh, guy. He like loved playing the guitar and the drums and all that stuff. And and I was going through a period where you know I was the same way. I'm I I I had just gotten my first guitar, and I was obsessed with all these different bands. And that's where Reed and I connected. And 
the kind of relationship that he and I had was like really strong. And um, it was kind of like he was the first friend that I made that was was like more who I am now. You know, God, what I mean? yeah. And that was like, this is my personality now. This is complimentary to me. And- yeah. And I guess that's the eight, like being in 10th grade. That's the age where you start kind of figuring out like who you are as a person and like yeah. what you're into. Right. And yeah. It, like, yeah. So you're you're being tied to each other just by that, like overlap. of yes. like, Oh, yeah. I'm figuring out that I'm an arts music person. And, yes, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that's around that time where like I started to kind of understand that. Charlie, who was still my best friend, yeah. you know, we called each other our best friend. And, um, but that's when I was started to kind of realize like, oh, he, he's so, so different than me. Yeah. Like we had become completely different people. We still had the same sense of humor and there were, you know, the, we could still make each other laugh the way that nobody else could, but it was like, he was doing something completely different. Yeah. It's like, you're living in two different worlds of yeah. like what who you are and kind of who you're looking, what the type of people you're looking to be or like down the line kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, there's like, as I was saying kind of before, it's like, oh, if you met each other right now, you just wouldn't have anything in common. Not a, like nothing. at that point in time in 10th grade. Nothing at all. Yeah. And that's why none of my friends that I was making liked Charlie. Like, okay. Yeah. None of my friends, like there were a lot, he was a very popular kid. Got it. But none of the people that I liked, um, that were like my close friends liked him. Yeah. Some are were like indifferent. Some liked him okay, but then others really just did not want anything. Oh, to do interesting! Because yeah, they yeah. just thought he was like uh, he was too proper. He was too much of like a school person. He was like he would like hold the door for people at school for like fifteen minutes. It was cr- like after class he would just hold the door for like not fifteen, but like about five minutes. Yeah, like and then let s- everyone out of the class out. And yeah. Then, yeah, and sometimes that would rub people the wrong way. They'd see that and they'd be like, "Who the fuck is this kid?" Yeah, you know? almost like it's this weird, like, oh, you're, this is not genuine. It's like, yeah. and which like, it seems like based on Charlie, like it was, it just it kind was. of who he is as a person. Yeah, it was. And I think he liked, he liked helping people and he liked, and he yeah. also liked being liked, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, I could see somebody and I teach high school, so I see these dynamics all the time, but it's yeah. like, yeah, I could see somebody being like, oh yeah, that kid's too nice. Like, yeah. I, yeah well, like, it was also, it was too nice and he was, and he was tall and he was tan and he was handsome okay yeah and so it was like (laughs) all of this stuff where people would see him and be like fuck this like this kid's too perfect yeah yeah but like i was just like you know i just like he's just always i was yeah at this point you're just you're part of each other's lot like yeah there's an assumption of like yeah this is just who we are and yeah yeah and i had grown up with him being strikingly handsome and me being a chubby kid and eventually you know in high school i'd already hit puberty and lost the weight and stuff so like it started to change for me, but I was just used to him being like the hot friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but so anyways, so Elliot and I started playing music together and just to kind of speed through this stuff, if he was a, a big rock and roll guy and, and you know, like, and I, I, what I mean by that is that he just idolized rock and roll musicians got you know, it iggy pop and, okay. and lou reed all these people who did a copious number of drugs and um and so that's what eventually happened is, is he got into that because he was reading iggy pop's autobiography and suddenly it was like that's his new goal was like i want to try oh, interesting heroin so it was just from like almost from like a lifestyle situation yes, yeah wow okay yeah yeah he and i became way more about the lifestyle yeah than anything the, else then yeah and i was actually watching something about I was watching Anthony Bourdain's documentary last night, yeah. which is fucking great. 
but um, he talks about the similar thing about how like he just wanted to live the lifestyle of like a, of a rock star or a famous person too early and drugs specifically. Yeah. Like by doing the drugs, you're like, it's, you're becoming that, that rock and roller. Yeah. Know? Which is so stupid. Yeah. Cause there's also this other element that is like the talent, like the talent that got you to the point of being like a rock star. Right. It's and like, the practice yeah, yeah, like, and the, like, yeah, the, the dedication, yeah. the work. Yeah. So it's like, we were before we did any of the real practice. I mean, we would practice a lot as the band, but like, you know, it just wasn't. Yeah, it was not time. <laughs> yeah. And you can argue whether or not there ever is a time to do heroin. But so we we started to do morphine and all these different like painkillers. And, you know, we started to trip on different hallucinogens. But eventually, you know, from snorting the morphine, it became like, how do we shoot this? Uh, we started doing intramuscular. And that's I was a, I was afraid to do it intravenously. Yeah. So I was just having you shoot it in your arm like a booster shot. Okay. And eventually, it just became shooting it intravenous. And yeah, so you're almost like in your mind creating these like lines in the sand of like, oh yeah, I won't do this, I won't do this, and then yeah. it's like the lines just keeps getting pushed. Yes, 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 exactly. It's it's that's a yeah, it's a good way to think about it because that was every drug, every drug. I think if you're a normal person uh, who kind of falls into something like this, because I think anybody can, uh, that's always going to be, there's going to be some hesitation. Yeah. And every drug, there's going to be probably, you know, depending on what it is, there's going to be more hesitation. Or uh, like with heroin, with a needle, that's that's it. That's like the peak scariest thing. Yeah. I think like even you, you saying that I get like, I yeah. get this like weird, like, uh, I had a needle, but yeah. yeah, I mean, there's meth, which I never tried, but yeah. like meth is also a scary one, but that doesn't require a needle going into your body. So that there's, to me, there's no drug scarier than doing something with a needle yeah. and shooting it into your bloodstream. Uh, so once that happened though, like I said, with the pot, it was just like once you love something, you want to do it all the time. And, you know, addiction I, I have like a weird relationship with, but I definitely became addicted to this. Yeah. Um, And we just started doing it a lot, you know. And like a couple of years before this, I had revealed to Charlie that I had smoked pot and I had um, smoked crack and, and done cocaine. And uh, uh, because I couldn't live with like the that guilt, the guilt, yeah. and and I knew that he would want to know, and I I broke down and I told him everything, and he forgave me, you know, um, and I told him that I was like that I'm never gonna do drugs again, and so here I am doing heroin, yeah. and I did that for for another year, maybe a year and a half to two, and I did this stupid thing where I slept with a my drug dealer's girlfriend. <laughs> And, yeah, the classic thing. <laughs> yeah. And my drug dealer found out and he told me to come to his house uh, to settle everything. And I couldn't get away from it because he knew where I lived and everything. So for some reason, I called Charlie and I said that I need you to come with me to this drug dealer's house. And at this point, he's like, oh, yeah, Nick had smoked a little bit yeah, a few he, years ago, but hasn't. Like, Yeah. I mean, he well, he he kind of knew at this point. This is something I don't talk about on the show. Either. Yeah. But he knew that I still was doing some drugs. Got it. Okay, he didn't know yeah. to what extent. Well, I guess at this point, you're again, you're both in high school together. You're like running and you're still seeing him from time to time. So it's yeah, like... but also I had gotten arrested. Oh, okay. For, for mushrooms. Okay. Uh, for, for for trying to steal 
from a Walmart uh, <laughs> stuff to make mushrooms. Okay. So it's, a little, it's a little bit more of a story than that, but I yeah. got arrested and I went to jail and he found out and he was like really disappointed in me. Okay. So when I told him that I was going to a drug dealer's girlfriend, uh, I, that I had sex with a drug dealer's girlfriend, he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like what is happening to my best friend? Yeah. So we went to this place, this guy's house, and to cut the story, it's too long. He, the drug dealer, in order to get back at me, he finds out that Charlie doesn't know anything about the needles and just tells him in front of me. And, 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 and then, and that from that moment, Charlie was like, like he helped me get out of that situation. He made a deal with the kid that <laughs> I would pay for his STD test because that's what he was really worried oh, about. Okay. But the, the real reason that that kid let me go, I think, was that. He he already got he fucked me over. He kind of like shattered this wall that he you knew. Had created. He felt how strong the bond was and how important it was to me. Yeah, and he f- he fucked me over. Yeah, and so it's like I deserved you, it. Yeah, in, but it's like way. that from that point on. Like Charlie, like Charlie looked at you differently. He didn't see me as a junkie. He he saw me as uh, his best friend who was involved with some drugs. Yeah, and hopefully he'd get out of it soon. Yeah. But once the needles were introduced, he was like, "You're you're gone. You're out of my life." So he cut me out of his life. Oh wow, yeah. Um, and that was it. So it was very very dramatic. You know, I mean, he broke down in my car, and it was horrible. And uh, and then I didn't quit. I kept doing heroin, and I moved in with Elliot. We kept doing the drugs, and uh, you know, there were a couple times where I almost overdosed, and you know, things got pretty scary and. Eventually, it got to this point where I started dating this girl that I fell in love with, and she found out and it really scared her. And it just everything piled on t- top of each other. You know, my, you know, Charlie and my dad had found out after that whole thing with Charlie happened, and and I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. My dad actually didn't know about the needles. To be clear, I just I was able to lie about that. Yeah. So. So that was um. That was it. I just for some somehow I was able to quit cold turkey and I don't know how. I got really lucky. And that's another thing in that Anthony Bourdain document. I don't know why I've been totally obsessed with Anthony Bourdain recently. Yeah. And partly is that I relate to him so much. And he was able to quit cold turkey and so was I. And it's a very like not common. Yeah. Um Well, it's it's funny because just and I don't, you know, I've never really done drugs before, so I don't have a deep, deep awareness of this but just the way you're talking about it it's like it did feel like a lot of it was just tied to these people and times right yeah. and it, it almost felt like the first time when you stopped kind of smoking it was like oh this guy this guy is out of my life and i don't have this connection anymore yeah like that so not, yeah not to be like this is the salute but it's like yeah it felt like you were really looking at it as these like live lifestyles you were living in a way and it was like yeah i think ultimately i i think i was raised pretty well I mean, I, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of drama in my house and my parents fought all the time. And my brother, my brother, um, was, a, a is, is bipolar, uh, and had a lot of episodes and, you know, different things that he, he did that were really, really intense in our house. So my, I, there was some trauma in my life, yeah. but, um, ultimately I think like the values that my dad tried to, uh, you know, um, uh, teach me were, were. Where um, 
and my mom, you know, I think that they, they I knew that I wasn't supposed to, yeah, to do this. There's this thing in your brain that is saying like, oh yeah, this isn't good yeah. as you're doing this stuff. I had enough doing. guidance to know that it was, it was wrong and that, I, you know, I had people in my life who loved me Yeah, and that if I didn't stop, then I could ruin it all. Yeah. I could ruin everything. Um, and for some reason it was, it, that was, it was enough. And so I got lucky that I was able to get away and then I, that, that was it. I mean, she, she, her and I, we broke up, you know, that ended, you know, that the girl who kind of like yeah, inspired that got me you to stop. Um, but eventually I, 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 I started doing comedy and stuff and, um, and then that became like my new thing. Yeah. That's like the new addiction, I guess. Yeah, it really way. was. Like, yeah. Cause that was the closest thing that I could get to, to. My my brother started skydiving like that was his. <laughs> that was he his was, way out. I never mentioned that, but he was also addicted to to heroin. But then he started skydiving, so that's his thing now. Yeah. Um. But 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 comedy was like the rush for me. It became the the replacement. Um. Yeah, which feels like a slightly more sustainable than skydiving, at least it's on safer, a daily yeah. basis. Uh, yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, dude, I think about my brother jumping off of mountains all the time. I hate it. <laughs> oh, he'll do like base jumping kind of stuff. Yeah, too? yeah, yeah. It Man, sucks. that's intense. It sucks. I read last night. It was it's forty three times more likely to die than it is jumping out of a plane. Uh, oh God. Yeah, I hate it. Now I, you're just living with. Yeah, you're like. I hate it. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, so I didn't see Charlie for years, uh, and about four or five years we didn't talk. Um, eventually, we I, I he started answering some of my emails because uh, I would email him just like throughout the years, just and he would never respond. And Were they just kind of like apologizing or just checking? There up was on his early life on there was yeah. apologizing, but he never responded to yeah. those. And then eventually, I started telling him I'm doing stand up comedy. You know, yeah, so yeah, just kind I of being he would like, have loved that. I would give him life updates and stuff, and he would just never respond, never respond. And then eventually, he started responding. You know, just kind of very, you know, nicely, kind of like, "That's great, man. I'm happy for you," but n- nothing else. Yeah, give, not giving you anything about and his I just, life. And I really got the impression that, like, I was like, okay, well, like, he doesn't want yeah this anything is to do with me. A barrier that he's created now, like, yeah. Uh, but he's just being nice. Yeah. But uh, eventually, um. We we saw each other at um a restaurant that I was working at, and he was he was at the restaurant with his high school sweetheart, and uh, they were getting engaged. Wow! Yeah, it was a very strange, just kind of coincidence that he showed up to the restaurant that I was working at as a busboy, I think, or a runner, something like that, and um he we reconnected. And then, like a week later, he asked me if I um, wanted to be in his wedding. Oh, like in the wedding party? Yeah. Like if I wanted to be uh, like a groomsman. A groomsman. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, you get like thrown. You're like thrown into the situation where you don't think you're gonna see him ever again. He shows up at your restaurant. Yeah. You reconnect, and then like within a week of within a week, yeah, there. yeah, within a week, he's like. Um, he calls me, we go to this burger joint and he sits me down and we talk about everything. And he tells me that he's sorry. And I remember him saying sorry to me. Uh, and it, I like knocked me on my ass. I was like, how, why, why, why are you sorry? And he told me that he, he didn't understand what drug addiction really was and where, uh, and how much help I really needed. 
And he apologized and said that I'm sorry that I left. I'm sorry that I abandoned you. And, uh, you know, and I didn't see it that way, really. Because yeah. the way that I saw it, I was, I was always like, dude, I fucked up. Like, I, you had every right to leave. There's no, I lied to you so much. I lied to him throughout the whole friendship. You yeah. Know? When I told him about how I smoked crack, you know, I also told him that I killed his hamster, you know. Because that was something that I hadn't, hadn't told oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so like, I just, uh, I had lied to him about everything and, 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 and it was just countless, countless lies. So I was just like, the fact that you came back and you want to be my friend at, at all is, is insane to me. And then he asked me if I wanted to be a groomsman in his wedding. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I you know, I, and I knew we were supposed to, I was supposed to be his best man. Yeah, you're like I got demoted a little bit. I, I did get I did get demoted, <laughs> but like I was like, of course I'm not going to be your best man. To me, yeah. it all made sense. Yeah, like I I don't need to be your best man. Yeah, this but... I'll take the best. You know, the, the, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, you know, and um, so that's kind of it, man. I, you yeah. know, um, I, we I went to his wedding, and 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 to be clear, like with the drugs thing, like I wasn't sober. You know, like throughout from when I quit dope like I didn't stop doing drugs like I, I I was like still doing some hallucinogens I was still drinking I eventually got into coke again I got out of it you know what I mean and and um and like these days it's still kind of similar like I don't really do any serious drugs and if I do it's just a little kind of here and there yeah concert or whatever smoke pot at night you know but it's like my whole my relationship with addiction is is very specific to me. Yeah. And um I've gone to programs, I've gone to twelve step programs and gotten sober for a couple of years and stuff and um for some reason just the way that I operate, like this is just how it works for me, is like some like I have control now and I felt like I weirdly in a way always had control. I just wanted to try stuff and it took me away. It kind of like, it took control of me for a, l a little while, but I was able to get away from it. And I don't want to sound like arrogant in that way. Yeah. Like I'm better than other people with I, addiction because I, I can control it. In right. And I, and I, but I found a way for me that it works. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know, man. And is it now like, are you and Charlie still like, you know, it doesn't feel like you're back to where you started as kids or whatever, but the fact that you became, like, you're part of his wedding, like, are you two still, like, in each other's lives in a, a way now, or? Um, we are still in each other's lives, so it's, you know, man, there was there was a period after we started talking again, because we I was, like, 23 when we started talking again. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, so I'm 34 now. So there was a good long period where we would talk quite a bit, you okay, know, yeah. and, 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 uh, I lived, you know, in Florida still and I would see him and I would see his, his wife. Uh, and now he has two kids Yeah, and he's just busy. Yeah. Now it's not like, it's not a, it's not what it was. It's not, it's nothing close to what it ever yeah. was. And, well, and I don't know. 
it won't ever be. Yeah. Well, now it just feels reflective more of being in your 30s and my like all my friends yeah. that I'm close with in my 30s. Yeah, I just don't like it. We all have less time. Yes. And other yes. priorities and like. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a bummer, to be honest. Yeah. Like I, it bums me out. Like I, I'm happy that he has kids and, 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 you know, and a wife, you know, he's he's happy. But he's always kind of been like, you know very focused on his immediate surroundings and his very close personal life. Yeah. Anytime he would have a, a girlfriend, it was like all about the girl. And so now I don't want to sound like jealous or like, you know, I just, we, we just don't talk that much and it, it bums me out. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll share memes and stuff. Uh, we'll, you know, I'll send him videos or whatever on, on social media or via text, but like, I don't know, man, it's yeah. just, it's hard. And, and I, I don't know what it's like to have kids, you know, I don't know that yeah. life, you know? So, well, I think about this a lot just as being like, I'm also 34 and I feel like just being, I feel like male friendships is like a whole, there's like a whole deep thing just on like, I don't know. I feel like upkeeping a male friendship in my thirties has felt like a weird challenge it's hard man and, yeah. I, and I, i'm sure i've been that for other people yeah you know? and but i like even the way you describe charlie is like oh i can get over focused on just like my life around me in a way that i'm not like actively ignoring people but i just like it's hard to balance that like i don't know i feel like it's hard to balance life and like and i'll see a friend that i haven't seen in a while yeah and then i'll be like oh let's hang out again in next week like yeah. i'll be like oh you're in my orbit again right and yeah. it's easier to be aware of that. Yes. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's a thing that I've noticed more in my 30s where I'm like, yeah, I'm so bad at keeping up on this stuff. It's hard. And I'm I'm kind of going through something. I'm kind of going through something like that now I, on the other side of it. I'm 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 dating somebody, you know, new. Yeah. Have been for a couple of months. And there's some friends of mine who I think are kind of like, hey, what? Yeah. Where's Nick been? Kind yeah. Of what's thing? going on? Yeah. You know, and um. You know, so maybe I spoke too soon with Charlie. No, but it's but like, I, I, I just think it's balance of light. It's, it's hard. hard. It's really I hard. Think, honestly, if I'm being totally boldly honest, he could do he could do better. Because there's times where I'm like, hey, man, let's talk. And then there's like a, oh, I can't. I just like, if something came up, well, I can't, I can't make. It's just like, I love him. I love him. I'll always love him. Yeah. But I'm like, just, just give me some part of your, just give me something, man. Yeah. Anything. And it's also you've dealt, you've had such a life together, like the, Dude, that's the what journey I'm, you've gone yes, on. Right? I know. It's like every the like, and that's the thing is when I tell the story on stage, I think that people are like, "Wow, it's great that you guys like you have that you're like you're." It's a beautiful happy ending. Yeah, but it and it is yeah, but it's also kind of like yeah, but but also like we're we're in our thirties yeah. and you know, and it's not the end of the story anyway. Like it's not the end of the story, yeah. you know, and and. You know, and he lives in Florida, you know, yeah. it's like, I, I can't, I can't, we're just, that was the thing is like, we became so, so different and we had this idea in our heads, you know, that we were going to be together forever. Yeah. The idea that like, you'll get married and buy houses next to each other yeah. kind of thing. Uh -huh. And like, part of me wishes that that is how life turned out, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad it's like it's this ever morphing journey, I feel like, but yeah, you're figuring it out. Yeah. And no, when you said the story's not over, you're right. I mean, like, 
yeah, I mean, anything can yeah happen, and yeah, it's still still it doesn't make it any less like tough to deal with. In the yeah, moment, and it's right? fine, it's like, and like I don't know, I had a, I had a conversation with him on the phone where I was like, dude, you don't like talk to me anymore, you know, like, and I'm writing this whole show about you, <laughs> yeah, and like I wanted to talk to you, you know, and he was very blunt. He was like, I'm a dad. I was like. All right. And when he's not doing that, he's working. And I still think he has 30 minutes to call me on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, hopefully you find it. Uh, yeah, it'll be fine. But if not, you know, thanks so much for sharing all this, Nick. Yeah, man. Yeah. People want to find out more about you or like what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can they do that? Um, I'm on, um, you know, social media at Nick Pupo, most things. Um, I think on TikTok at Nick Pupo Comedy. Um, but that's it. You know, I'm not that active. I'm trying to, trying to do that. Yeah. Get more, more active. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you can follow me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the show version of this at some point again. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing. Yeah. Thank you, man. This is how we love. This is how we Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin. And this is Love Hurts.